The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events from somewhere in the desert between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of The Veritas Show, where you listen because you don't want to believe, you listen because you want to know. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for tuning in once again. If this is your first time, please make yourself at home. This is episode number 28. Tonight, I have another great show in store for you. Ever since I watched the movie and read the book Communion, I always wanted to get the opportunity to talk to the author. And after over a decade, that wish has been granted. Tonight's special guest is Whitley Strieber. As I said last week, I have never heard Whitley speak so openly, candidly, and passionately before. And if you want to know Whitley's theory about what really happened to the Air France jet that crashed a few weeks ago, you cannot miss segment two of this show. I honestly debated really hard and thought about removing that clip. But in the interest of disclosure, and to keep my promise of uncensored shows, I have decided to keep it. I want to thank George Parks, Arizona State Director for MUFON, for inviting me to speak last Saturday. It was a three-hour lecture, and I truly enjoyed presenting Veritas and fielding great questions. I'm sure we'll do it again. The Veritas Show is syndicated by the following affiliates. K-Rock's Zero Point Radio, the Black Vault Radio Network, and the Paranormal Radio Network. 
UPRN 105.8 FM, New Orleans. You can listen to Veritas right on our website, on iTunes, and RSS feeds throughout cyberspace. We are heard in 132 countries. Veritas is truly an international show. Next week's special guest is the father of the term crop circles, Colin Andrews. Similar to Robert Morningsky, Colin Andrews is coming out of a five-year self-imposed public retreat, and I guarantee it, you will really enjoy that show. For updates, head on to our website, veritasshow.com. If you need to get in touch with me, send an email to mail. That's M-E-L at veritasshow.com. Or head on to our website and click on the contact button. Don't forget to stop by the Manticore Forum, where you can send questions to our future guests and discuss many topics with members around the world. Our chat room is another place where you can interact with other listeners 24-7. I usually stop by on Friday and Saturday evenings. And now, get ready to spend a night with one of the most high-profile abduction cases in the world, a best-selling author, Whitley Strieber. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. Don't go anywhere. Whitley Strieber is the author of over 20 best-selling books, including Communion and Superstorm, written with Art Bell. His novels The Greys and 2012, The War for Souls, are both being made into films, and The Greys is expected to go into production this year. His nonfiction TV series, Alien Intent, will begin appearing on A&E later this year also. His new novel, Midnight, a thriller about nuclear terrorism, will be out in January and The Nye Incidents will be out in May. And tonight, we continue with part two of Chosen, the abduction special. And this special would not be complete without Whitley Strieber, who has graciously accepted our invitation. Hello, Whitley, and welcome to The Veritas Show. How are you? Fine, thank you. Whitley, your name is known worldwide as one of the most high-profile abduction cases. In fact, when I think of the word abduction, I can't help but think of Whitley Strieber. But for the few around the world who may not be familiar with you, please take us back to where it all started. Yeah, especially people who've been born and come to maturity after it happened, which is quite a few. All right, here's what happened. I was, uh, I had a cabin in upstate New York, uh, pretty isolated, not that isolated, but an isolated enough area, and the cabin in particular was quite well hidden. And there was a... Um, in the middle of the night, the night after Christmas, I was awake, awakened by sounds and a, I would say, a sense of movement around me, and I found myself in the woods. 
uh, and I, I was sitting in a in an area which was full of snow. I was in my pajamas, but I was not cold. There were a number of people around me. Only they weren't. They were dressed in uh, sort of body suits, and they had on helmets that covered covered their faces as well. And uh, I was confused and tried to think I must be I must be surely dreaming and yet I couldn't wake up and the next thing I knew I went up in the air like on an elevator only I was just went up shot up into the air and I was in a little room at first I thought I was I lost my memory of having been in the woods at all and I the memory sort of starts again, like as if I was in a tent and I thought I was very confused and I thought I was in a tent and I didn't know what had happened, how I had gotten there because I don't have a tent. You know, I'm not interested in tents. I hadn't been in a tent since I was a child. And then there was a, a voice, an automatic kind of robotic voice saying, what can we do to help you stop screaming? And then I began to realize that there were people around me and I still wasn't aware of aliens at all. I mean, I didn't think of that. That, that wasn't, hadn't been, certainly wasn't the top of my mind. I wasn't sure of what was happening to me uh, at all. And uh, the next thing I knew, um, I was sexually molested and I became terribly uh, panicked and then I had uh, a needle jammed into the side of my head and I was talking to them and trying to get them to stop doing this <clears throat> I told them they would ruin a beautiful mind if they did that and it is it's a wonder I have a wonderful mind I've, and I was but they wouldn't stop and um, then I remember uh, Basically, after all of this brouhaha, waking up the next morning, and the first thing I did was I asked my wife if she remembered anything happening during the night, because when I first woke up, I had the feeling that something, some kind of, I mean, it was almost like being, having lived through a riot or something. It was a very confusing experience, and uh, I was not comfortable physically, but I didn't know why. Over the course of the day, my side of my head began to hurt, and there was a little mark on it like a spider bite. And then I began to, to I was injured rectally quite significantly, and I began to hurt down there. And I, uh, that night, it was the worst night of my life. As the sun went down, the most ominous, frightening feeling came over me. It was ghastly. Uh, and I, um, finally, I don't think I slept that night. I, I patrolled the night, the house all night with a shotgun without quite knowing why. I was beginning to have these images of these faces that were not human faces. It was just a, it was like, I thought I was going psychotic. I, I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, the, um, day or two, maybe two days after that, 
maybe it was a weekend in between. I was really beaten up, and I, I finally went into New York, drove into New York to the doctor, and I told him, I said, Tom, I, you know, I had this happen to me, and uh, I described what happened, and he said, you're telling me you were taken aboard a flying saucer by little men. And I said, well, that can't be what happened, obviously. And we both agreed without question it couldn't be what happened. But I was injured. There was a rectal injury. And he said, Whitley, you know you've been raped. And I said, yes, I know that. And from that day until 2004, I was not able to utter the words that I had been raped, not, not for over nearly 20 years was I able to utter those words. But I was able to find out what it's like to be laughed at for suffering. Was it a defense mechanism that you could not utter the words? I just couldn't say it. I, I, I just couldn't say it. I couldn't bring myself to say something so humiliating. I've gotten past that now. I mean, sure. I think it's a, sh it's a shameful thing. That was. I mean, the whole treatment of me has been a, just shameful. It's been grotesque. I, I bring forth one of the most extraordinary experiences a human being has ever had, which is quite easily proven real. Uh, it's not difficult at all. And I bring it to a world that mostly turns its back and ignores it as it ignores everyone else who's had this experience. And therefore, the world also ignores the enormous value, the incalculable value of the scientific evidence that exists in our own, in literally in our bodies, in our memories, in an organized analysis of UFO overflights. There is so much that could be done scientifically right now if we faced this thing squarely. And instead, we have an idiot media, a bunch of whiny, whining, simpering, childlike fools snickering away uh, we have a totally failed scientific community with a great big ego and very little capability of facing the fact that they're not only number not number one in the world, in the universe, they're not even number one on this planet, and a government that made a stupid mistake starting in 1947 and has continued that mistake to this day. And the mistake that was so, the part of it that was so remarkably stupid was that they, they, they went to their guns. Uh, Dr. Milton Torres, who has yes. recently come out publicly, I'm sure your listeners know, stated that the, the report given, or released recently by the Ministry of Defense in England, of a US Air, couple of U.S. Air Force jet, jets being ordered to shoot down mm -hmm. a UFO over England in 1956 was a true story, and he was one of those pilots. And, of course, it was true. It wouldn't have been in the Ministry of Defense files if it hadn't been true. Milton, so, Milton Torres was our very first guest on this show, Whitley. Here's a man who, for over 50 years, kept his story to himself. He couldn't even tell his own father before he died. A decorated Air Force fighter pilot with doctorate degrees in aerospace engineering who finally talks when the British Ministry of Defense declassifies and releases his file. How can we not believe him? Well, of course, to not believe him is a sign of mental illness. It's as simple as that. At this point, not believing this is a sign of weakness and a refusal to educate oneself. I wouldn't say it's mental illness, but it's arrogance. Mm -hmm. But if you've gotten so deep into it 
as to read, as to learn about the Milton Torres story, to read the Ministry of Defense reports, and you still don't believe it, you're crazy. You're absolutely, you belong in an insane asylum. Exactly. Because it's true. And the thing is, the, the secret is this, and it must be this. We shot first and asked questions later, and the ant should never sting the elephant. The ant needs to be very careful around the elephant, and the United States government wasn't. And instead of this species expressing itself into the cosmos in an extraordinary new adventure and a new relationship with somebody who is capable of crossing the stars, we're trapped on this planet like prisoners and being treated like lab animals. And that's their secret. They did it. They caused it. I was abducted without warning in the middle of the night, as millions of other people have, because the United States government failed to address this in a responsible manner. Instead, they let a bunch of military idiots think through what should be done. When in the world would something so important be 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 uh, a, a policy be allowed to be made by the military. What was Truman thinking? What was he thinking when he did that? What fool? He, was, he, he should go down in history as a curse to the human race, not just the worst president, even worse than George W. Bush, if that's possible, but, but one of the worst people who ever existed because of what he did to us. And every president who has followed, who has not told the world the truth, has completely invalidated himself, and this will be looked upon as a tragic, in the future, historical period. How tragic, I don't know. It just depends on how much longer this cowardice, weakness, stupidity, and foolishness lasts. Because I'll tell you another thing. The visitors on the other end of the, of the, of the, of the spectrum are enforcing this secrecy. The government is under threat. They have to face the threat down. That's the only way they can get ahead. One of the visitors told Philip Corso, the intelligence office, military intelligence officer who had some contact with them and wrote a book about it, mm-hmm. that what was on offer for mankind was a new world if you can take it. They will not give us anything, not based on what we are and what we have done and how we have reacted. But if we can take it, that means if we can bear it and if we can wrest it out of their hands, if we have the courage, we can have a new world. We do not have the courage, Willie, in my I had, opinion. I had this conversation with uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Won't we need a united world? And I'm not talking about a new world order, but a united world in order for us to be able to interact with them. In other words, if you have a more advanced civilization coming to Earth, my first question would be, take me to your leader. Who is our leader on Earth? No, that's not, that's not absolutely not right. This is not about civilizations. They don't even have a civilization. It's not about governments. They have no government. It's not about the way we are, because they're not like us. Right. Except in one respect. They are individuals, and so are we. This is about, and this is another reason why government is afraid of it, because it's completely undermining of authorities. The visitors are wild. We're tame by comparison. They are, they are wild. They don't have government. They don't have authority. They have agreements by which they live. 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.